Welcome back to Clydesdale Media, where we bring you the best from the world of CrossFit. Podcasts, news, special interest, health, fitness. If you like what you hear, hit that subscribe button. Hit the notifier so you're the first to know when we have new episodes. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. And we are live. Hi, everybody. How you doing? Uh, I'm Kat. That's Scott. And we've got our new friend, Brian, from the Barbell Spin. Brian, thanks for joining us. How you doing today? Doing great. Thanks for having me. Yeah, no problem. I like to start off my conversations with uh, workouts. Did you work out today? Are you a CrossFitter? I do CrossFit. Uh, okay. I'm actually, uh, I do street parking uh, these days. Um, tried all of them back in the day. I used to do Misfit and Outlaw Way for all those people that had done it, you know, back in the in the early 2010s. Um, but no, today was a rest day. So oh, Thursday, uh, right? <laughs> yeah, to, well, that, that and I, uh, I take my son to a homeschool school tutorial uh, in the morning. So don't okay. have as much time in the morning. So Thursday is a good time for rest. Nice. So what is your uh, exact title with the Barbell Spin? Is this your uh, company? Yes, this is, I was the creator, founder, um, writer, social media director, um, pretty much do everything, honestly. Uh, I, I love it. I was trying to do some research on Instagram. And the first thing I like to do is to kind of scroll back to, you know, the first post and see what it was. Um, I didn't get there. <laughs> I started scrolling this morning. I was in between classes and I got to about 2017, maybe. And yep. was still, you still had two more years. Yeah. You still had two okay. More years. So, so that's sort of my first question is like, where did all this come from? And, and give us that story about how did you start this thing? Yeah. So, you know, I started it back in late 2015, I think maybe been September or something like that. Um, and, you know, back then, if you wanted to know anything about CrossFit and the CrossFit games, you're going to the game site or, or .com. And that's all there was. Um, I think there might have been like a website called Sick Fit back in the day, but they were, I think, closing down and there just wasn't much out there. There was and a magazine. There was a magazine. There, there, right? yeah, a, a physical a magazine box yes. life, maybe, or something like that. Um, there were a couple. But it was, yeah, it didn't come out enough. Right. And uh, <laughs> so, you know, I was trying to find out information about all this and I thought it was, you know, interesting and I would, you know do all this but it was like well i'm sure there's other people who are interested in it and um there'd be a place for one place to go and uh had really big ambitions of hey everything barbell sports so it, it actually started out as crossfit weightlifting powerlifting uh, strongman and i think the very first article i wrote was um on jared fleming at the american open back in the day Oh, and okay. uh, so I, I tried covering all of that and, and shortly realized that, you know, that's a lot of stuff out there and, and narrowed my focus down to just CrossFit, which were is you, why I started it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so presumably you were doing CrossFit at the time. When did when did you start that endeavor? Uh, let's see. I ran the Nashville Music City Marathon back in. 2010 okay. um and my 
but I hurt my knee doing that. And uh, my buddy and I decided later that to start doing like body weight workouts. And we did the 100 push up program and uh, did stuff during, you know, around work. And somehow we came across after doing body weight workout type stuff, we came across CrossFit. And we're like, wow, what's that? And uh, we uh, went to the YMCA across across the street from our gym or from our office and uh, went in there and started doing CrossFit based workouts, what you, whatever you could do at, at a YMCA, you know, basically a Globo gym and uh, quickly, quickly got fully into everything CrossFit at that point. Were you following .com at the time or just no, it picking was, up? It was doing whatever we felt comfortable. I mean, I had never really touched a barbell before that time. And, uh, my buddy Saul had not, I don't know if he had touched it, but it, it, we just weren't comfortable with it. Mm-hmm. And so it was a lot of, of body weight type stuff. I think we used some dumbbells here and there. Um, I couldn't do a pull up at the time. So they had one of those pull up assisted machines trying to, you know, use that as instead of bands, it was using that and trying to lower the amount of, uh, counterbalance weight, you know, to get, get your first pull up. Um, and so, I mean, we were just kind of making up stuff as we went and everybody kind of looked at us like we were crazy because we're running around doing all these crazy circuit type, you know, workout AMRAP things. And, uh, you know, they had never seen anything like that before. At what point in time did you, um, get into an actual CrossFit affiliate? So I have never actually been a member of an affiliate. So when we started doing that, Nashville just did not have a hand, you know, they only had a handful of affiliates and uh, tried going to one, but just never worked into my schedule. Um, okay. What was your, what's your job at the time? You mentioned I was across in, the street from one. I was in real estate, doing real okay. estate. And uh, so, you know, I had uh young young kid at the time and and another one on the way in 2012 so just a really busy lifestyle and and didn't have the ability to kind of go either early in the morning or or after work and so it worked out perfect to go at lunchtime and right across the street was the y um and so you know i i ended up building out a home home garage gym and have kind of been doing that ever since so so have you ever had like uh coach's eyes on you at all Excuse yeah, me, stress. So, yeah, talking yeah. about you doing it by yourself. <laughs> uh, I mean, yes. Uh, I, like, I, are you I, terrible I, at CrossFit or are you good at CrossFit? Like, how do you do uh, that all on your own with no, with no coaching? I mean, we watched, my buddy and I watched so many CrossFit videos and, you know, learned and, you know, follow the journal. And, and, you know, back then there was so much content out there of how to move properly and how to do it. Um, I would not say I'm like, great crossfitter by any means. I'm, I'm average, you know, um, I have my strengths, you know, longer distance type stuff is, is definitely my strength though, over any type of you know, absolute, you know, barbell strength. Um, and so, you know, I, I, I did join a, uh, it's not CrossFit based. It was more dumbbell based here, um, called Redline fitness here in Nashville. Um, and did that for, uh, I guess it ended up being six months when I broke my ankle back in 2019 um, mm. on a, on one of the true form runners, just a freak accident, just no. broke it. Yeah. 
Had you, uh, okay, so funny story. The first time I ever used one of those was this summer when I was taking pole vaulting lessons. <laughs> and it was in the gym to warm up on. And I felt like I was going to fall on my face. Like I didn't, I wasn't doing it right. Like I just no. couldn't. Now, had you been on it before and sort of you yeah. knew how to do it? Okay. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. I mean, I've been doing it. Because uh, I could have broken my for, ankle that day easily. I mean, definitely the first time I, I jumped on that thing, it was very foreign. Um, but I think I'd been about six months in in the gym, and uh, it, it's it's it was all dumbbell based with assault bikes and and true form. Um, and so it just it was in June of 2019, and uh, we we're doing a one mile time trial mm -hmm. on it, and I was 15 seconds from finishing. Um, and all of a sudden I heard a loud pop on my, on my ankle and I thought it was, you know, oh, I, I, you know, torn Achilles tendon or something like that. And I was like, well, it doesn't hurt on the, on the backside of it. It was in the front kind of, um, and so thought it was a sprain and found out later it was, it was actually fractured. Um, how long, and, how long before did you find out how long were you walking on it and limping and wrapping it before you so actually I went, I went to work and was limping. And, um, I sat down, did some work. And then as I got up the next time I, I couldn't walk, like it was finally starting to stiffen up enough that I was like, there's something wrong. And so coworkers helped me get me back to my car and I, I drove home and, and kind of rested it from there. And, and still at that time thought it was uh, just a bad sprain because it wasn't really swollen. It wasn't bruised. Um, and, uh, eventually got x-rays maybe a couple days later and realized, yep, the distraction, but no surgery, nothing, just, you know, stay off of it for a while. Got it. So I have, a, I have a couple things I want to unpack yeah. in this first 10 minutes already. So one, you were in real estate in Nashville. That seems to be a very lucrative job. Um, every time I've been to Nashville, there's construction everywhere and the housing market is through the roof. So how does someone like you, say goodbye to that and now i'm going to write articles about this weird sport uh, i've never given I've never, I've never stopped so first of all say, okay. we don't we don't know that he's gone no i'm, I'm still in, i'm still in that real estate like, it's, it's technically like real estate in, office right there yeah it's um <laughs> technically not residential so it's it's more on the commercial medical side um that still seems like it's booming in Nashville. I mean, yeah. I mean, Nashville itself is, is <laughs> crazy. I mean, we moved here uh, in 2008 and don't recognize what, what it looks like today. So it's, it's wild. Yeah. So two, I actually, when I first started my CrossFit journey at a, at a CrossFit affiliate, I only went two days a week and went three days a week at the Y. And then all of the blank stairs and because I was doing the CrossFit workout of the day at the Y and people were looking at me like I had six eyes and two heads. And it wasn't long before I realized this is not the place to be doing this stuff. Yeah. Uh, you know, it was surprising because everybody would stare at us and, you know, the first, I don't know, three, four months, you know, we were very basic. It was air squats, push ups. We jump on the, the standard treadmill, um, we use dumbbells for a kettlebell on swings and things like that. Um, and then as we got more comfortable, we started, you know, doing squats and, uh, and things there and the squat rack and whatnot. And, uh, I think the strangest look we had is when we finally started doing handstand push-ups 
against the mirrors that were on the on there and we definitely got a handful of looks we brought our own rings in um and we actually met a good friend that uh he was just there doing regular workouts and i was doing muscle ups from a seated position uh in the squat rack on rings that we had brought and he came and looked at us and was like what are you guys Total doing yeah. yeah and you know he was definitely more fit than us or at least looked that way and he's like, can I try? And we're like, yeah, go for it. Couldn't do it. And he was just floored. And uh, he joined us on later that week and we did Cindy. And uh, <laughs> he, he he came back on Monday and said, I couldn't move all weekend long. And he switched from doing his Globo gym workouts to working out with us. And so we ended up having a group of like five, six, seven guys showing up at lunchtime doing CrossFit workouts in a Y. So it was pretty wild. Wow. Yeah. My last, my last unpacking is when I was, when I first got into CrossFit, I was looking for stuff on the sport everywhere. So I found barbell spin way back in the day. Mm -hmm. And I remember when you were everything, you were power lifting, you were Olympic lifting, you were strongman, all that stuff. At what point did you realize that you couldn't be everything for everybody? It was a combination of um, first, you know, powerlifting and weightlifting. There's a lot of people that are vocal, but even when you would write things about it, you just wouldn't, nobody would care. Um, it never got the traction that CrossFit would. Um, and I think there's a lot of cool stuff going on in there in that space, but um, it, it just doesn't have the, um, from what I can tell, you know, the devotion and, and following that CrossFit had, and it was growing, CrossFit was growing a lot faster. Um, and it was just a matter of, I don't have time to do all of this. So if I just go a little bit deeper in one part of it, it'll be better than trying to just touch on everything. So when did that switch happen? I don't remember the exact time. Okay. Um, yeah. It was probably somewhere in 2017, 2018. I think I kind of revamped the website and and let the other stuff kind of die off. Yeah, when we're when we're researching guests, I come across your stuff all the time, and it's hard to tell because it's not easy to find the date that it was published to know when. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I I mean we use your stuff all the time when we're when we have guests on. Yeah, right on. Yeah, I try to put out as much content as I can. I think I've written over twenty five hundred articles over over this time. Yeah, I mean, prolific is not even the right word to talk about it because you you're doing that. Is are, is anyone else work with you for you? Around uh, you? I mean, you'll see people these days writing articles here and there. Uh, always welcome people who are interested and want to jump in that space to and have a voice. That you know, I'm a platform for that. Um, I don't have anybody that you know I, I rely on to write things for me. So. Uh, you'll see that the last couple of months, there's been a few people that have shown interest and, and when they have time, they'll, they'll write. Um, and, and, you know, but it's not, Hey, I need this article. Can you do this for me? Uh, nothing like on staff or anything, anything like that. Yeah. Do you have any kind of like a journalism background mm -mm. prior to this? Back backgrounds just... in finance. Yeah. Um, okay. So yeah, it's just a matter of just doing it over and over and over again. And, uh, I can definitely tell that I've, I, at least I think I have gotten better over, over the last <laughs> handful of years and 
thousands of articles, you, you get a little bit better with a style and, and things like that. Yeah. Do you sort of do you look at old old articles and sort of cringe, or at least be like, oh, uh, that was not my best work. I, I know I we do that with I, our I, podcast I, all the time. You can look at some I old hate, ones and you're like, yeah, oh. I hate watching myself over um, okay. and going back in that stuff. Um, but I mean, I do know, I can remember how I used to write and things of like that. And mm -hmm. uh, it was, it was very, um, didn't have a lot of personality into it. And I've tried to add a little bit more into that while still remaining more of a, a news-based site rather than opinion article, but adding some little bits of, uh, you know, something that kind of keep people interested. Did you ever have anybody around you that, that gave you feedback on those articles? I know when we first started, my mom was very free with her criticism <laughs> of my podcast. And then I got this business partner who was free with her comments on what needed to be changed and what needed to be improved. Did you have anybody like that in your life? Uh, I, I wouldn't say not too much. Um, you know, I've, I've asked for feedback occasionally, but um, I just kind of did my own thing. And if, if people like it, they like it. If not, they don't. And um, I'm probably my toughest critic a lot of times and uh, you know, just putting yourself out there and, and you know, being happy with what you write is I think the biggest, most important piece. You mentioned that you don't love to, you know, watch yourself on camera. I don't think anybody does by the way. Um, but lately you've been doing a lot of uh, Instagram posts, like with your face yeah. On, yeah. on the screen and talking like how, how did that come about and what, what sort of made you feel like you needed to, sort of figure uh, out that genre so you know for those who don't know i i ran this from 2015 through early 2020 and i, I changed jobs at that time and and busy life and everything else and uh i was questioning whether i wanted to continue kind of going forward and, and you know spending this extra time on my free time running the barbell spin and and kind of was slowing down and then COVID hit and it was just like, all right, this might be the time where I just move on. And so there was nothing, I didn't do anything with it from I think January, February of 2020 through um, the games this year. And okay. um, when my wife actually approached me probably back in July of this year, I said, why don't you consider starting to back up, we're in a better spot. You're, you know, you have your, your job's now a little bit more, um, stable. You know what to expect with it. Um, and you know, that's, that's I, interesting. Oh, was she trying to like, keep you busy? Were you, were you sort of being a pain in the ass? No. Like, I mean, were you, or were you not happy? Was she kind of like recognizing like a passion that you didn't get to sort of fulfill? Yeah. I think it's some of that. I mean, I, I've, I've always, since that time, you know, I've, I've kind of, learn some woodworking. I, I just kind of have this somewhat creative side that the barbell spin filled. Okay. And um, so she saw that, I, you know, I was, I was doing some woodworking, I was doing some other things, but um, yeah, she was like, Hey, let's, if, if you, you should think about doing it. And uh, you know, that's a good way have, have that kind of creative outlet. Um, and so the thought was, well, let's think about it. And I watched the games this year and I was like, you know what? I got fired up again and thought, let's, let's do this. But for those first four years, I, you know, I did a couple of podcasts 
um, interview things. And, but for the most part, all you saw was articles and words and cover photos. You never really saw my, saw me. Mm-hmm. And, um, even though my wife would always say, you need to kind of put yourself more out there and, and whatnot. And so that's kind of where I'm trying to go. I'm, I'm never going to be the, the healer of, of this and put my face out there and, and kind of, um, be that main person. But at the same time, I don't want to be hiding behind the website and words and, and um, connect with people more from that angle as well. So, um, you yeah, know, branching out a little bit and trying to do something different than I did the first go around. I, I think that's way cool. I really do. Are you enjoying it? Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, it's been, it, the landscape of the CrossFit games community has changed so much in the last three years. Um, just so many more people have gotten into it. The analysis of it, the, I think, I think there's always been that interest there, but, um, maybe the community wasn't like, it was kind of, so kind of disorganized. Um, but it feels like with, uh, so many people, so many podcasts and different avenues to, focus on the sport and, and CrossFit. I think it's helped build that community. And I'm seeing that a lot more just with the people I'm interacting with, you know, on a, on a daily, weekly basis. So earlier this week, you made a post with one of my favorite movie quotes of all time, that when you wake up in the morning, you piss excellence. That's right. And it was about that you broke the story that the rule book was out. I know from our perspective, it's, it's sometimes hard to be that person touting yourself or bragging that yeah. you've done this. How hard was it for you to do that? Uh, you know, that I pride myself on being the first and, and, um, being the place where, you know, you're gonna get the news the fastest and, and like you said, saw just showed accurate. Um, I, it's, I like to have a little bit of fun with that. I mean, it, I know people were like, wait, the rule book's out. Um, <laughs> how would, how would you even know that it was out? Because, you know, it kind of just quietly slips onto the, the game site and without a whole lot of fanfare. And, uh, you know, um, I have my ways of figuring that out and, and knowing when things are going to get, get posted. Um, and so I, you know, I just, um, I thought it was interesting because the press release from CrossFit came out like 90 minutes after I had ever already written the article. Um, and so it's like, awesome. uh, you know, how, how are, how is this not being covered? Cause it's, everybody knew it was coming out today. And so, you know, it's kind of the big news for it to be out and how, how would you wait for hours or, or overnight to post something about it? So I want to get it out there fast and let the community know. And so that if, if anything is the barbell spin is, generally the fastest out there with providing you know, coverage of, of different events and content. Yeah. I know we've given up on speed. We're just going for accurate. Yeah. <laughs> too hard. It's too difficult. But, but we, when we do do that, we have made those choices to tout it sometimes. And I always feel reluctant. Like, am I bragging too much or is someone going to take offense? And I just, I really honestly just need to forget about that. 
if we did a good job, then we should be proud of what we've done. And, and I just, I really enjoyed that post you made earlier this week. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's fun. And and it's just, uh, Hey, if you want to know where the news is coming, come to me and I'll get to you fast. That's, that's kind of where I'm trying to get to. And, um, it's social media, have some fun. Yeah. Right. I know that when we started communicating with athletes and sort of getting information from them, it's pretty much just Instagram, right? Uh, DMs and things like that. Have you, have you found the similar, the similar process? Do you, uh, have you been to events where you sort of have relationships with these folks? Yeah. So, um, I, so after I broke my ankle in 2019, I was actually one of the, you know, first people to go to the games as part of that initial media credential mm. thing. So, um, you know, I went there in 2019. So you imagine I broke my ankle in June, early June. I was at the games late July. I think it was at that time. Um, and was out of off of crutches and walking around within two months. And uh, yeah, I mean, it was over the years you've, I've built relationships with the athletes and, and gotten their trust of, you know, if they tell me something, um, that they don't want their name associated with. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to share and tell them things or if they um, you know, tell me things they don't want published, but give me background into, into something, I'm not going to go share that. So um, yeah, it's, it's been a lot of that. And uh, you know, it, it's, they're great. All these athletes are, are great and really haven't had any negative interactions with, with any of them. And I think they see the value that I provide and uh, are happy to, to share insights and answer questions I may have over the years. I think that's, that's the hardest thing about getting into this space is realizing once you build the trust that you're going to know a lot of information that you can't say. Mm-hmm. And Kat and I talk all the time, the minute we turn off the record button, like that's when the best part of the interview is and we can't use any of it. Right. Yeah. Yep. It's when they suddenly open up and yeah, tell us everything. Yeah. 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 And I mean, I've, I've had some friends ask and, and acquaintances say, well, how'd you know all these things that happened at rogue? And I can't tell you, can't tell you. I, I have, I have my, my ways of getting it, but um, I keep that to myself. Yeah. Well, it's super valuable for sure. Yeah. Speaking of rope, were you in person there? No, I was here no, in Nashville just, the whole time. Mm-hmm. Using your uh, your psychic abilities to figure out what was happening there. Uh, yeah, that and connections. Your, and your you know, I've, I've had that a lot of times with people like, were, were you on the ground at some of these competitions? And no, it's it's um, yeah, just just thinking about what other people would want, and then how do I how do I access that information to get it to them um, and, and distribute that? So. Um, I, I have that platform, so I try to use it the best I can. Do you have plans to go to other events in the off season here? I mean, obviously you'll be at the games, I would assume, but are there any other events you want to try to make? Um, you know, as I came back into this, um, this year, uh, and obviously I didn't have anything uh, lined up and it was kind of like go by feel, especially this, you know, first few months of, of this. So, um, there's a chance I may go to Waterpalooza. I don't, I don't know. Um, but we'll see, um, you know, maybe the legends out in Cookville, it's only an hour and a half away. Um, so we'll see, we'll see. Um, 
I think there might be stuff ramping up more in 2023 than there is right now. Um, just mainly because it was, let's just get this thing kind of up and running again before I commit to traveling and, and making it to all these events. Are you yeah, out of place? You're doing an amazing now? job. I, are you at a place now mentally where you're like full, full bore ahead? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, it's, uh, you know, it takes a lot to kind of put out the content and always try to find something that's going to be meaningful versus just throwing stuff out there to have content. Um, and so it can be a grind, especially when you wake up on a day and you're like, what the heck am I going to you know, write about? That's not, you know, a throwaway article or something like that. And, uh, it's, it's always a, um, it's, it's fun. And it's trying to find where the angle is of what is pushing forward with, with the sport of CrossFit. Do you have, do you have goals for barbell spin or is it just, you're enjoying the ride? Uh, I would say primarily enjoying the ride. I have some, some long-term goals of, of doing more. Um, but I'm still trying to balance everything else out with the paying job and family and stuff. I mean, it'd be easy to say, just throw all that away and, and, and focus on this, but that's not what I want to do. So, um, it's trying to balance adding this to everything else that I have going on without sacrificing right now. Yeah. Is there any money in at money to be made in what you're doing? Uh, I'm like, sure there is. I've, I've focused so much on content right now, um, that, you know, I definitely do want to monetize at some point down the road, but that's never been my focus. It's always been putting out more content um, and getting that to be as good as it is. And then um, if that comes down the pipe, then I'd love to. And, and that would help, you know, advance and kind of get to some of those goals that I kind of have in mind. Um, but that's not the main goal or reason of why I started it. My advice there is hire somebody to do that for you. <laughs> yeah. we, we've done it on our own and it's just, it's, we want to concentrate on the content, right? And, mm -hmm. and as content creators, that's what our passion is. It's not that business side, even though my degree's in business, right. I don't have time for that. And when we hired someone to do that, it made it, it took so much off of us. Yeah. That's, that's the tough part is you start um, trying to do, all of the things and you let the main main point slip. And uh, again, I, I'd rather be known for putting out fast content that's right versus having a bunch of ads on things that nobody cares about. Um, so. Exactly. And you have a sponsorship, right? You're, you're, are you sponsored by Foodspring or no? Mm -mm. No. Oh, you're not. Okay. No, no. So all of those partnerships that you have on your website, that's just all like products that you believe in or that you want to. Oh, like discounts and stuff that I have. Yeah. yeah. I mean, those are all things that um, use on, on a either daily basis or, or believe in highly and um, have them out there. And, and, you know, it's, it's more for if people want a discount on certain things, like, Hey, if you're visiting my site, then go out and save some money if you want cold plunge or, you know, the, the coffee that we have, purity coffee. I mean, um, it's what my wife and I drink every morning. So, you know, if they have an affiliate link and it can save some, somebody some money, absolutely. Why, why not? But I'm not going to sit there and push it 
day in and day out. You, know, you don't, right. I don't, pretty much none of my articles have anything like that or anything like it. Um, so. Do you think there's um, sort of a liability with being sponsored in terms of, I don't know, maybe shifting your perspective or? I mean, I think you, you definitely could go down that path of if you get sponsored, you don't want to write something negative about somebody or something. Um, and so that's always on the back of my mind of, you know, if, if it does come down to the ability to have sponsors, um, it, it's got to still kind of, I don't want to change what I'm doing. So if you like what I'm doing and you want to see, you know, um, to have your brain in front of the audience, but not influence how I do things. And I'm open to it. Yeah. Love it. Um, you've been on the Sevon podcast a bunch lately. Mm -hmm. Tell me how that all started, please. Uh, so I talked to Brian friend before I shut it down in 2020, it was back in 2019 after the games, just, you know, chatting. I think he actually had an article that I ended up publishing on, on the site. Um, and you know, he's, he's a great guy and, and he's brought in a lot of people and I can't remember how it exactly came up to, to jump on, on Savant's podcast, but, um, you know, I had commented on certain things of, of when Brian had certain, you know, topics he was discussing or the top, uh, top CrossFitters of all time or, or things of that nature. And, uh. It's like, hey, maybe it makes sense to have you on Savant at some point. I was like, yeah, that's fine. That's sure. That'd be great. Um, good exposure and and would enjoy that type of discussion. And uh, all of a sudden I got a, a message from him on uh, during Rogue after publishing, you know, all the kind of updates on, on stuff. And I get a link and says, jump on in three minutes. I'm like, all right, let's do it. And so <laughs> dropped everything and, and jumped on. And, uh, you know, it's, it's a... Uh, it's a really cool experience to be out there and, and, you know, doing a couple of the shows with, with the Zalos games, you know, um, he has a great group of people that, is, that are around him and, and provide some interesting commentary. And I'm, I'm happy to be on a, be, be a piece of that at, at times. So I'm, I'm glad you brought up Zalos games. Cause I actually have a question about that. I'm of the belief that what they pulled off there could be the future of CrossFit. Not that it will take the place of the CrossFit games, but for all of those like six through 50 or six through a hundred athletes, if they took something like that and made it a tournament style in little pockets all over the world with like a four lane venue, it could help grow the sport so much because you would get to know all of those other athletes so when semifinals come, you know all the players in the game, not just the top five. And it made it so exciting to watch when you can see the whole floor and all the action at once. What are your thoughts about what Jared pulled off there? Uh, I mean, I, I completely agree with you. I mean, that was one of my ending comments on Sunday's live stream was this was um, a, a great I would say experiment of how to showcase athletes. Um, I mean, nobody needs to know who Justin Medeiros is, right? Everybody knows that. Um, but if we start walking down the list of the 40 games athletes, at some point you're going to go, who's that? I've never heard of them. I've never seen them. 
maybe I've never even heard their name on the broadcast during the games. Um, and then you get to semifinal athletes and the list, you know, if you just missed out on the games, there's a good chance that, you know, unless you watched the Granite games, you've never heard of so-and-so. Um, but having four lanes, having 12 athletes, having, you know, essentially a low budget broadcast that's live streamed where you can kind of see the athletes and um, see that they PR, see that they move well or um, something you may like about them, then you're absolutely right. The next year, um, if you see Rose Scott at semifinals, you're going to know who she is and that, you know, she, she's a great athlete. Um, and, you know, I'm sure people know who Christine Cullenbrander is, but do they ever really know how great she is at some of the, you know, at the snatch and, and some other things. So, um, you know, I talked to, um, to Jared and, you know, he got quotes of 20 to $150,000 put on a production and he ended up pulling it off with cell phones and, and, uh, a live stream on Savon's podcast. And, uh, it makes it, I think others need to start thinking about, is there a way we can help build up, um, CrossFit this way versus just promoting the top 10 athletes for sure. So that is, that is our, I think our area of expertise, we are that five through a hundred. We did 110 interviews before semifinals with athletes that have never had the exposure. And that's what made me excited about this. I know who Elena Buds is. I'm just glad other people got to know who she was and Peter Mason and all of those people. It was awesome. Um, the other thing is the broadcast, I think, accidentally duplicated the Manning cast, right? Yeah. Just like ESPN two does with the Mannings and they have their buddies come in and they talk during the game. That's exactly what Savon was. It yeah. was the Manning cast, him and his buddies talking about what's happening on the floor and other stuff that kind of pops in your head as you're sitting there watching. It felt like I was sitting in a living room with my friends watching the sport and hanging out yeah no i mean that's you talk about how you know your bread and butter is kind of that that middle tier of athlete right um i mean that's how i started right because you you can't go in there and when i started in 2015 go hey rich froney do you want to you know talk for an interview he can say who are you um <laughs> but like danny spiegel was an interview i did back in maybe 2016 2017 before anybody knew her before and it was right before she went and I can't remember if she made it to regionals that year. Um, but, and, and actually I had a photographer, you'll, you'll know him by uh, FL sports guy on Instagram. He's now on the, the games crew. I was just talking to somebody, I think last night about it, that um, I, I hooked up with him and said, you know, if you want to go photograph, I'll do an interview, I'd feature your photos um that might work and, and he did that with he connected me with danny spiegel and then he did um did the, we did the same thing with cassidy lance at the time and uh you know uh, ended up he ended up that one of the photos that from that ended up got getting featured on one of crossfit's you know shows or recap or preview events next thing you know he's getting flown out to the games to photograph for him and you know you kind of work your way up of who, you know, you show that these middle tier athletes, they, they turn into a Danny Spiegel, right? And uh, 
it's a good way to start and think about because um, they have great stories and they never get told. And uh, I've done yeah. plenty of that throughout the years. Yeah, for us, just this year alone, Rebecca Fusile, we interviewed her three weeks before the Mac, and she goes on to have the epic moment of the games. And Nick Matthew, uh, we've gotten to know him the past couple years, and he finally like jumps into uh, the big time with a great games performance. Mm-hmm. Right, Annika Greer. Yeah. Annika yeah. Greer, we've talking to her for like three years. Right. Yeah, and it's really cool when you do that and you've talked to them. And then a year or two later, or, you know, a few weeks or months later, they're on the big stage and, you know, um, to, to hear that and hear their story before they hit that, you know, the big time, sometimes you even get better content out of it because, yeah. um, you know, they may not have that filter that they may have after they've gotten bigger sponsors or, or have, no, they have a lot more eyes on them. It's like you say, I felt like I pissed excellence. There you go. Right, every day. Not first or last. A a couple more quick questions for you about the sport. Uh, Tia Toomey announced that her and her team are pulling out of or had to withdraw from the down under throwdown. Do you think that it was a mistake for her to come back knowing she had such a bad back injury at the time? Or do you think that's why she came back? I mean, I I think – you know, she obviously started training and I think she probably had hoped that going team wasn't going to be, um, that physically demanding on her, especially with Brooke and Ellie that, you know, even if she took, um, the, the less strenuous parts of whatever workout that she probably could come back, have fun back in Australia. Um, but it sounds like maybe it was a little bit jumping the gun and, and maybe wishful thinking that she'd be fully healed. Um, by now to hit the competition floor. Uh, so it's, it's, it's tough to see her kind of go back and forth and get excited to see her compete. And I know that people were you know, planning on going down to, to watch her specifically and, and have her back out at the last minute. I'm sure it's disappointing for some of those. She will be the greatest athlete, female athlete ever in the sport, easily hands down. Do you think that if, if, we see the end of her career like a Joe Namath or a Willie Mays, that it will tarnish that legacy or is it cemented? No, I think it's fine. I mean, uh, you don't win six championships and then just ignore it because, you know, you either get hurt at the end of your career or you get beat once. Um, you know, somebody else needs to come back and come up and show that they can be as consistently dominant as she, she is to be um, in that consideration. But uh, there's, it'll take years for that to happen. Um, so, and it'll be tough. I mean, there's so many young women out there that, you know, even if Mal wins in two years or, or next year, uh, there's no guarantee that she can go on the table for the next five after that, um, with so many athletes that are, are also improving year after year. Yeah. That's a great, great segue. You know, it's, a lot of people are making it seem like Mal is a foregone conclusion to be the next, but there are so many talented young athletes coming up through the sport. I don't think it's going to be as easy for anyone to be dominant again. I don't, you could say that. I, I mean, you never know. Um, I think it'll be tougher. Uh, you know, Tia, I think kind of bridged the gap of the old guard to well, a couple new guard. 
um, mm-hmm. where you know you, you gotta almost think of all these CrossFitters that got really popular 2011, 12, 13, and they've run their career. She came in at the end of that and there weren't a whole lot at her caliber at that same time. Um, and now you're seeing another group of athletes that are all kind of growing at the same, you know, same age that have a lot of their career left ahead of them. And, uh, so it's, it, maybe one stands out from the rest, but it's tough to say that at this point, there's so many that have a lot more potential that, um, you know, there, there's not some, it's not guaranteed that Mal or even Laura, or, um, I think Alexis Raptus has a great opportunity to, to show something over the next couple of years that, um, you know, it, it's, I think it's going to be wide open, especially on the women's side and, and the men as, as well. With, with uh, sort of the influx of all these podcasts and, you know, people sort of growing organically around the sport to cover it, do you think we'll ever have a situation again where somebody pops up out of nowhere? Because Tia Claire Toomey was pretty, you know, she was around, but nobody was really interested in her, you know, until maybe that second games where she took second. Um, do you know, is the climate so different now that we probably won't have something like that again? I would say that's probably accurate. I mean, it's um, the professionalization of it has just changed the game so much. Um, I, I just don't think you're going to see somebody that's under the radar that um, you've never seen before show up and and make semifinals or, or make the games and then make a splash into it. I mean, you saw it back in the day, but that's because they were all they weren't training for five hours a day and making this their livelihood. They were gym owners or had other jobs and trained on the side. Um, And so there was more opportunity for that. I mean, I think these athletes have taken it so far that it just, it would be impossible, I think, to kind of surprise somebody and and, show up one day and make top 10 of the games if you've never been on somebody's radar. You mentioned that in 2022 that you were fired up again when watching the games was it was it this particular games or just you had been away from it and it came back because we had new programming which was way different than it's been in the past so many new movements what was it that drove that passion in 2022 i think it's just the games itself i don't think there was anything that was specific to this year um you know you, when you cover it and you kind of take a step back, you, you have that feeling of, man, I kind of miss it, um, but it's just not the right place. And so um, when I had the thought of coming back and seeing the competition and seeing the athletes and, and seeing the coverage of it, I'm like, I, I still have that fire too. Um, but my, my footprint on how I would cover the sport and and share my side of uh, of how things are going and, and whatnot and um yeah it just got me excited I'm like hey I, I think i could do this again in, in a better spot to um you know advance advance the sport and the journalism within it so in your in your hiatus you missed a whole lot of drama within the crossfit space do you think are, are you glad that you missed that and that you didn't have to sort of report on it and maybe take a stand that you didn't want to take? Yeah, uh, 
yeah um <laughs> i probably would have been on maybe the cancel side of of all of that um and and so perfect timing really when you think about I, it you're great yeah like, i mean send them back i'm gonna go away <laughs> yeah you know and i've always i always focused on the sport side i mean there's some times i'll focus on the more of the affiliate side of crossfit um or the health side but really i i, I started it because i thought that there need to be coverage of the sport of CrossFit. And I saw it growing uh, and there, there being interest there. And there's other outlets that you can get, you know, affiliate information on. And I think CrossFit really needs to be the one that drives a lot of that CrossFit affiliate promotion. Um, and so, you know, when the season got canceled and, and everything was going on with CrossFit, I, I was kind of like, man, I don't have to, you know, um, try to remain impartial and sure. and report on that so it was a little bit of a sigh of relief that i can just you know focus on my family and everything else versus um worrying about am i going to say the wrong thing that's going to get people you know alienate yeah attacked and stuff an for no reason yeah sure do you ever need to just take a break from crossfit like where you you just can't watch another podcast you can't look up another video you just need like two days to yourself <laughs> a detox uh, i mean I, yeah yeah i mean I, somewhat i mean i i try to keep the weekends for the most part out of that so i generally don't publish very much on the weekends um that's because i mean otherwise you could just run ragged and, and then just never spend any time with your family so Generally speaking, I won't do much on the weekends. Obviously, if something like Rogue comes up, or Zalus Games, or things that um, you know I think is is important, then I'll, I'll kind of set that aside and do as much as much as I can to cover it. But yeah, generally speaking, I try to reset on the weekends and uh, start fresh on the weekdays. Yeah, that that would be a great luxury to have. And maybe that I I've, I've actually set aside Sundays, just one day. Sundays are my day to just not do anything with the podcast or the media company and just enjoy like some NFL football that is not CrossFit. Yeah. I mean, I coach uh, my youngest son's soccer team. And I think I made a joke uh, during rogue that I went and actually coached his game and uh, came back and, the du the duel was still playing. I mean, I only missed like a few heats uh, during an entire <laughs> youth soccer game. Uh, so yeah, I definitely definitely want to spend time with the family and, and put that aside uh, and show that show at least you know, show the kids that you know I don't have to be attached to my phone and, and ignoring them throughout the whole time. It's spend time with the family on the weekends and then do this during the week. Yeah, that's great. So I think it, I'd be reluctant to, to not ask you about the rule book. Um, I don't think there was anything earth shattering. I think a lot of it had leaked um, out prior to it coming out. And the stuff that we all want to know about was not explained further in the rule book <laughs> yeah. yet. So do, did you get the same impression? Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, the, there was nothing in the rule book that other than maybe the appeals, but again, like, you know, I think you were on the, um, press conference with, with, with CrossFit yesterday. Um, it, it's kind of always been that way. It's just not ever been fully published of what you can and cannot appeal. I, um, I do want to follow up on what you said there, because I've been a judge at the highest level 
I did not know it was always that way as being a judge. Yeah. So it was really top secret. Yeah. I mean, well, I think uh, the appeals are tough because you never know what you may have to review. You know, you never know what's going to come up or, or, or things of that, you know, and talking with Jared and the Zalus games, how they predefined uh, penalties, right? But they didn't have one for when um, uh, Alex Gazan touched her elbow on the floor with her hands. You know, that wasn't part of the rules, and so they couldn't adjust it. So there's always something you're never going to know how to how it's going to play out. And I think CrossFit has used that ambiguity kind of to their favor. And like we have to take it on a case by case basis. Um, and if you look through the the appeals that were filed from this year's games, they have a whole list of everything that, that these athletes did. And some of them are, you know, it, it's judgment based on on what the judge said, and then they you know they say no to the appeal. This kind of clearly outlines it for everybody that hey, you can only appeal this or that, um, and we're going to limit it so that you're not appealing every single time you go out on the floor because what you know doesn't hurt right if i can save a couple seconds why not appeal every single every event sure. um and i don't think people are abusing it but it, it it definitely prevents that down the road when i think it helps prevent the delay in scoring hopefully mm -hmm. because i think that's where people at this last games were very frustrated the scoreboard took forever to update mm -hmm. and it was pretty clear in the press conference that Justin was saying the appeal process was taking them a very long time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And I, it, it needs to be, um, I think transparency helps. And, um, I would say if CrossFit can improve one thing, it's, it's helping get that word out there of why things are being delayed or, um, what they're working through, especially with all these delays that, that you saw this past year. Um, it's kind of like, oh, leaderboard's not updated, and then poof, it's updated, and you have to try to scramble to figure out why. Um, and I was just watching it as a fan this year, and you know, it was frustrating. And I didn't have the inside access of, you know, the limited inside access you get as being part of media. Um, and so I think there's a lot of room for improvement on how to communicate what's happening so that it can get out. And it, it, again, there's plenty of media outlets out there that can help help that, you know, dissemination of, of information. Well, and I think the most frustrating part, even being there was when it did come out, then it changed, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. So you've taken this long to put it out. Now it's out and then you go to bed and you wake up the next morning yeah. and three people have changed places. Yeah without really yeah. clearly explaining what happened. Um, it, was, it was just confusing. So uh, if you paid attention, you might be able to catch a, a little bit of it, like, oh, that's what was going on. But yeah, it wasn't for the average fan. It was it was very confusing. Yeah. I'm curious to know, as you look uh, forward to the 2023 season, is there someone or something that you are sort of most intrigued by, excited about, looking forward to? I think how the semifinals play out is probably the most interesting, especially in North America. Um, <clears throat> 60 athletes at each is going to be wild. Um, <laughs> and the 
imbalance, at least as it stands now in the East um, versus the West. Um, you know, there's probably 15 athletes, men and women on the East that are games athletes. Um, I know Mike, Mike Halpin's done that analysis. I think it's somewhere around that. And if they end up getting 15 spots, you think about how exciting that could be. Obviously, you know, one through 10, probably, you know, you know that very early who's going to qualify. But as you think about, if you look at scores and how they kind of bell curve, there's going to be a lot of athletes fighting for those last couple spots, um, maybe all the way up to like 25th, right? May have a chance going into Sunday for a, for a qualifying spot. Um, and so it, it, that could be really interesting. And then you go to the flip side in the West. And if they are there get, 15? <laughs> are there's there 15 definitely athletes? not 15. I mean, there's probably only maybe six. Yeah, six or seven at best right now. Um, if I was going to allocate to that to that region, um, and you have 60 athletes competing, and so that's a that's a lot of people for a few number of spots. And you know, if you're competing and you're 55th, like. The, yeah. Why are you even there? Yeah. Right. Gonna, and so it's yeah. going to be a, it's a lot of interviews, Scott. We got a lot of interviews to do <laughs> before semifinals. <laughs> yeah, you definitely have a lot. It's just going to be a weird, you, you see how, I don't say they don't try, but it, it, you come on a Sunday and you're 55th yeah. out of 60 and, you know, there's 50 people between you and a qualifying spot. Yeah. You're still going to go out there and compete, but you're not going to go put yourself on the line and it, it, I mean, it can change how the, the competition ends up. Yeah. I mean, that happens even at the games, at the games level in, was it in 2021 when they made the cuts, like mm -hmm. after that toe to bar workout that they did? I mean, I was talking to athletes who were in the bottom, whatever, and they were like, we don't even want to be here. You know, like this is such a waste of time. Like I wish we could have just slept in and like had a nice breakfast. Yeah. And so, yeah, it's a shame. I mean, and, and that's at the highest level. So yeah, I was just going to say, so what I hear you saying is uh, people should go join underdogs and get their residency in Vegas. Right. I'm not sure, though. I'm not there sure. I mean, if you think about if I'm one of 60 athletes and I only have five or six to get in or I'm one of 60 athletes and I have 15 opportunities to get in, granted, sure. some of those are going to be the top of, you know, you have the Mal, um, you, you have a bunch of women, you have a bunch of guys that are going to take up, you know, they're going to take up maybe one through 10, yeah. but 11 through but, 15 or more, you know, you have a better chance of competing with them. If you're, if you're at that caliber and have a spot at qualifying versus going to the West and, um, you know, Madero's takes, up, Madero's takes out 20% of your qualifying spots. I mean, yeah. you know, um, so I'm not convinced moving to the West is the absolute right thing at this point. Mm, it sounds like it because there's fewer top athletes out there, but if you get less spots, it doesn't really. Right. It's really not like the Atlas game. games situation where everyone wanted to go to the Atlas games. It's more of, yeah, right. be careful what you wish for. And, and I guess in the East too, there's more of a chance for people to have execution errors and, and slip up because especially, you've got more people in it. Especially if, it, if it's 15th out of 60, I mean, that, that's, yeah. there's a lot of room for an error. If you have, if you're a home run hitter and can, can win an event um, and get a yeah, hundred points, that, that, that's a ton numbers. of points above 15th in that, 
in that event. And so I think you'll see a lot of movement in, in that uh, in that range of, of rankings that will be exciting to watch and give a lot of people opportunities that I don't think people are quite thinking about yet. That's cool. I like it. I like the way you think, Brian. So I, I have heard of somebody that has considered um, making that address change. Again, I don't, I'm not sure it's the right move, but mm -hmm. uh, if you can qualify in the West, you should be able to qualify in the East. It's kind of based on the spots. Um, yeah. yeah, that whole world ranking changes the game completely. I, I, and, I still and it's hard to the, change your thought. I like the idea of a world ranking. Um, I, I played golf for years, follow the PGA Tour, enjoy that. And I think there's definitely some benefit to having some official world ranking. I think it's good for talking points. It's something you can brag about, you can talk about. Using that to determine who goes to the, you know, who, how many spots you set up in a region to qualify, I think needs to be separated. And uh, I think that needs to be more on current year performance than historical. Um, but I'm not making those decisions, unfortunately. Do we think it's better than the number of open registrations? No. Uh, if if, if you're going to ask me what it needs to be, uh, I would say every region gets one. And then the rest are fought for based off of open and quarterfinal performance. From this year? From 2023. So yeah. you have eight workouts that are scored between open and, and quarterfinals. Um, let's rank all the athletes who qualify and see which is the strongest regions and go from there. But, you know, if Roman doesn't compete out of Asia, they don't need two, and they're a minimum of two right now. Um, and, yeah. you know, you're going to see those fluctuations of do does Oceana need three guy spots? Uh, you know, if a couple of them go team, I would say no. And you're, you're kind of locked into sending three from that region depending on, you know, it could be injuries, go, people going team, um, team athletes that have done in the past, they're now individual that don't get counted into this. Um, so using historical to determine current year qualification, I don't think is the right decision, um, but it seems like they've kind of gone down that path and um, are going to stick with it at least for 2023. Yeah, nobody asked us, unfortunately. That's true. Don't you wish That's you'd be true. part of that brain trust? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I hopefully they'll give us some information soon. I know that was a lot of the questions yesterday with CrossFit. I knew they weren't going to divulge anything. Um, they want to put it out on their own time, but we keep waiting. So, yeah, cool. All right. Well, we took up an hour of your time, so we appreciate it. It's been great to get to know you a little bit. Um, we'd love to have you on again. You know, talk about Sounds some things and, and just, just bring you on as things go on. We wish you the best of luck with the barbell spin. We'll, we'll be following and, and reading and watching. Thank you. Appreciate it. And uh, definitely yeah. happy to jump on anytime. Yeah, it was great meeting you, Brian. You, you as well. Hold on, I have to do that. <laughs>